0: Well, it's great to see everyone this morning. I'm glad you're here. I just love the fact that we had a, like a full band here. We had uh, Dave back on the drums, my cousin, and just the two new people. And let me tell you what, you got some musical talent, and, it, and you know, God gifted you to sing. Well, we all think we can sing, right? You might be good in the shower, but you might actually be good here too, okay? So I want you to sign up, get, get with our leaders here, and we want to we just worship God. Uh, you know, today I'm going to be talking to you about how we are made through God's presence. We're continuing the series, part four, on made for greatness. Tell the person next to you, on your left and your right, you're made for greatness. And how you're made for greatness is you have to have a heart. You have to have a, a, a person that's after God's heart. That's what we're talking about David's life. He had a heart for God. He wasn't perfect. You're going to find out next week when we talk about him. But he had a heart after God. That's the main thing we need, we need to have in us. And, and um, you know, as, uh, this past week I had a great time. Uh, you know, uh, people always say, Coach, you're always going like from zippies to zippies, you know, from zippies to zippies. You know. If you notice, I try to eat the most healthiest thing at zippies. Oh, you guys are laughing like, yeah, yeah. You guys don't go to Zippies? Come on now. You guys all go to Zippies. That's the first stop and the last stop. (laughs) Well, I was talking with, you know, a a guy who's been coming and, you know, uh, you can put the picture up, uh, Alvin Udon. And, uh, you know, he's he's a family uh, business owner of uh, Trees of Hawaii. I met him at his daughter's Ashley's wedding, which was in the midst of the pandemic, you know, we, 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 they, they, they got married all the way up in the, one of those ranches up on the way on the, uh, down the North Shore side. And it was amazing. But as I met him, and I, I met him first time there, that's like about two years ago, you're looking now. Um, you know, I, I realized at that time, God wanted to touch him, his life and his family's life. And then what happened was Ashley, the daughter, would always invite him uh, to church and the mom and they started coming, you know, you know maybe over a little over a year. But something happened at Easter Sunday. How I many of you know when you come to Easter Sunday, you experience resurrection power in your life, yeah? Well, what happened, he realized he needs to get into a small group. And what he did was he was, you know, talking with God. And, and, and so, so Eddie came along and Eddie met him then got him into a small group. Now he realized the power of the small group. And then and, and the reality is that now he loves going to small group every week. But see, I look at him when I was sitting down in Zippy's eating my, my Korean chicken salad. <laughs> I could see him busting. <laughs> I could see God's anointing in his life. He loves, he started reading the word, praying with his wife Arlene. Things happening. I want to say to you that those things happen because we intentionally Run after God's heart. See, wherever you are today in life, maybe you're here, you're new to this, and someone invited you. God wants you to have a heart after Him. And you're you're not perfect, but you have a heart after God. And the transformation that God brings inside of us, it's amazing. When we give our lives to the Lord, but not just give our lives to the Lord, we follow Him. We follow His way, that He can work in our lives. You see, um, God was faithful in fulfilling his promises to David. He made David king after Saul died in battle. Remember we talked about last week in persecution, and now David had to go through a lot of hard, difficult times. He was trying to serve the king, but the king was trying to kill him. And But he had to keep a right heart, a right spirit. But then after a while he said, you know what, God will give me justice. And you, some of you might be here today, you're going through a difficult time. God will give you justice in His time. If you be faithfully trusting Him, He will bring justice into your life. See, He's a faithful God. He's a miracle worker. He's a God that will meet our needs, but also direct us into His purpose. I found out long ago, it's not about me anymore. It's about Him. It's about His way. Well, we find that Saul died. Now, you see, David went from being uh, anointed king in his teenagers. Then at age 30, he becomes appointed king. Now he's the king. And David made it a practice to always inquire of the Lord before doing anything in his life. We find here, my first point, greatness is doing the right thing in the right way. 2 Samuel 5, it says, now, David being the king, he said, now the Philistines have come and spread out in the valley of Rephraim. If you notice, the Philistines were like, they were always coming against Israel, the people of God. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal, Perazim, And there he defeated them. You'll find in David's life, he always inquired of the Lord. He wanted to hear God's voice. He wanted God's will to be done. You know, I found a long time in my life that God's word will always lead you to God's will. And you will always experience God's presence. When you go God's way. Not your way, God's way. But you see, along the way, he was very successful. He was the king now. Nobody's going to tell David what to do. And sometimes in our success, we must continue to revere the word of God and the presence of God. Because when success comes, we tend to disregard the word and presence of God as David did. We'll find in this next chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 6, David was so excited as a king, he wanted to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, really, um, it, was, uh, it was where God commanded Moses almost 400 years before David's time to put a wooden box together and, and then really put gold over it, just like the, you see the picture up on, on the screen, covered with gold. And this Ark would really represent the presence of God. So wherever the ark was, that's where the presence of God was. Now, what was in the ark was three artifacts, and one of them was the, uh, the, the 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 law of Moses, it was the Ten Commandments. It was to remind the people of Israel that the Ten Commandments are not for your restriction, but it's for your protection. See, sometimes we look at the Word of God, we think, wow, I'm being restricted. No, you're not being restricted, you're being protected. That's what the Ten Commandments. And and there was also a bowl of, uh, of manna. Remember when, when, when the people of God was going uh, through the desert and, and God would feed them with the manna. And the manna was to remind them that God is your provider. He's not just your protector. He's going to provide for you. And you may be here this morning. You're facing some, some real difficult times in your life. Let me tell you what. He is the Lord that provides. He provides for you. Then the third thing was Aaron's rod, and what was, it was miraculously budded as a confirmation of God's power. Let me tell you what God can bring to life, any area in your life. He can bring from your deadness, your hopelessness, to a place of life. And God's power can come. And we we're talking today about the Holy Spirit presence. God's presence comes. Whenever you see in the Bible, when He manifested His presence, His presence, power came along with that. How many of you need the power of God this morning? Come on now. And if you are falling asleep, trust me, you need the power of God. Okay. okay, But God wants to give it and it was just a reminder to the people of Israel. So whenever they saw that ark they realized that's the presence of God. And then on the ark what happened was the, 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 the priest would always come when they put it in the tent. Or oh, later on, it was in the, the temple. They always came once a year to confess the sins of Israel. And God would meet them right between the cherubim. That's the presence of God. He would forgive them. So the ark was something special. David knew he had to bring that back. He knew that. And then what happened, we find here, um, but this time what David did was he wanted to do it his own way. How many of you know that when we get successful, everything going good, we try to cut corners and we think, well, I'm going to do it this way. Look what it says in the the Bible as you read, follow with me, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up, from there an ark of the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim of the, on the ark. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Now Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart, and when they came to the threshing floor of, of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to, to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen stumbled, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God struck him down there because of his error. And he died there besides the ark of, the, of God. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Oben edom the Gittite. So we find here that what happened is David, in his own ideas, his innovative idea, decided that he was going to have the cart uh, the, not the cart, I mean the Ark of the Covenant, be put on a cart. You know, sometimes we think we can get more sophisticated than what God already said to do, but he wanted to do it his own way. And there was never God's plan to put the Ark of the Covenant on the cart. See, if you look in, you can take notes, Numbers 4, verse 15, and Numbers 7, verse 9, it made it clear that the Ark could not be transported on, but, but on the shoulders of the priests. So only the priest could carry the Ark of the Covenant. And what happened is uh, that was not the the method that the Lord had commanded his people to use. He didn't say go use a cart. Rather, God's command was that the Ark should be carried by the Levites using poles placed through the rings on the sides of the Ark. Instead of following these instructions, David put the Ark on a cart. See, David wanted to do his own thing. It was already written already God had, uh, he had instructions. You know, you know your life, your, your Bible, the Bible is our instruction to live here on this earth. Bible, if you, the acronym is basic instructions before you leave earth. You want to have the instructions on how to live this life? You have to get into the word of God. See, David, he 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 kind of ventured off. That's what success does. It makes us feel like, oh, we're good, we're above, we become uh, very, uh, you know, we take God for granted and we, we want to do things our own way. And God wanted to set David straight in this passage. And maybe perhaps you're here today and you're trying to do things on your own way. Your own, oh, man, this is what they did before, I want to do it this way. But you have to always go back to what does the Word of God say? To hear an amen, somebody, amen. you have to live your word life by the word of God, making sure that the word is, is, is not just a word that you're thinking about, it's a word that's in your heart, it's a word that would activate your actions. So, we find here David puts the ark on a, on a cart, and then you see God's holiness. God's holiness. See, Uzzah was not a, a, a Levite. And only the Levites could handle the Ark of the Covenant. He touched the Ark of the Covenant. He was struck down. See, there's something about God's holiness. And that we have to remember that God is holy. And that we as men, because we're sin, we're separated from God. But I'm glad that God didn't leave us in that condition. That's why Jesus came. He died on the cross, paid the penalty of our sin, and he provided the way From where we are in our uh, our unholiness, our sickness, he made made a way that we can come to the holiness of God. That's what Jesus did for you and I. But you see, when we disregard the word and the presence of God in our lives, we will experience consequences. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Consequences. God is true to His Word. I've been a Christian for a long time. I realize whenever I try to do it my way, I'm going to experience some consequences. Why? Because God's Word is not for restrict me. God's Word is to protect me. And when I understand that the Word of God brings the presence of God, I have to align my life to that. I have to align my life. That's why we have to, my next point, honor the Lord by continuing in His Word. And seeking his presence. What happened was. David was like man. I, he, was, he was so afraid of God. He, he he let the ark go to this guy. Obed-Edom. And, and the Bible tells us this right here. That the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom. The Gittite, For three months. Now he lived in, as a Gittite, But actually he was a Levite. And because of that. He understood what, what, how, you, how you handle the Ark of the Covenant. He had a respect for the presence of God. So what happened is three months and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Now King David was told the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom. And everything he has because of the Ark of God. You know the Ark of God which is the presence of God. When the presence of God is in your life, it cannot help but bring blessings into your life. God will bless us. So David placed the ark of the home in a man called Oben Edom. And what happened, God began to bless him for three months. God began to pour it on. You see, we can understand that Oben Edom was a God-fearing man. He showed proper reverence for the ark. Maybe unlike and as opposed to Uzzah. Who may have become overly familiar, and 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 it, while it remained in his father's house for 20 years, Obed-Edom, uh, uh, Uzzah just kind of got familiar with that. So you can be here in the church walking with God for a while, you start taking the presence of God for granted. You start thinking, ah, oh, you know, it's just the presence of God. You know, it's just, it's just something that's there. And you can, just, you can go to church and go through the motions and, and just really not really encounter the holiness and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit. But God wants us to enjoy His presence. So we, feel, we see here, Obed-Edom, he did something right because the blessings of God was pouring on his life. Let me tell you what, God wants to bless your life. He wants to, How many of you believe God wants to bless you? Come on, don't listen to the devil saying that, oh, you know, I'm not good enough. No, let me tell you what, God wants to bless you. But you understand that there's God's part and there's our part. Our human responsibility, we have to come according to God's word. We have to respect the presence of God in our lives. Don't just take it for granted. God said, I will be with you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we see here, Obed-Edom, he welcomed the ark and seemed to have, have no misgiving. Indeed, he was a godly man. It could be that he viewed the ark in his home as a high honor rather than a nuisance, and, and God rewarded his attitude. You see, because he, he realized it was something special, the presence of God in his life. Going on in the next verse, 2 Samuel 6.12 says, so David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark, you see now David got it right, right? He got it right now. He wasn't going to put it on the cart anymore. He had those Levites carry the ark. And as they are taking six steps he sacrificed a boo and a fatted calf. Wearing a linen ephod, you know you might want to underline that part. David was dancing before the Lord. Oh, that was the first break dancer that was happening back in the day. Yeah. With, with his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. You see, what happened is, man, he was bringing the ark of the covenant, uh, uh, the, the ark back to the, to the city of David. And, and, and what happened? He was dancing. He was excited. He was praising God. Because he realized that David had a heart after God. He wanted the presence of God to be with him. So yeah, how many of you know when the presence of God comes into your life, you cannot help but get excited. Yeah. I don't care how matured you are, you can do a little jumping, a little excitement. Why? Because the presence of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we, we find here that, that uh, but when the ark was, in, in verse 16, it's not in your notes, And as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, which is the daughter of Saul, and she was actually married to David, watched from the window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. She despised him. See, we have to make sure that, hey, that when we come to church and we see people excited for God, worshiping Jesus, that we don't despise people. Okay, we don't be like Michal, Michal, the son, the daughter of uh, of Saul. Saul is all about his flesh; he was all about his kingdom. So it probably sipped into his 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 daughter, and I, just kind of mocking David as he worshipped God. I want to I want to encourage you today. If you're here today, man, don't mock God's worship. Don't mock people worshiping God. Because they have had an experience, an encounter with God. When you have an encounter with God, you can't help or get excited. You can jump around, you might want to do dancing. You'll get all excited because your love for God. Can I hear name amen, somebody? Amen. But going on in verse 20, when David returned home to bless the household, Mikael, daughter of Saul, came out and meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. Going around half naked in full view of the slave girls, of his servants, as an as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michal, "Now this is David. He's just uh, he's just going to stand up to 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 his wife who was mocking him." David said to Michal, "Ah, it was the Lord. It was before the Lord who chose me, rather than your father or anyone from." his house, when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in, in in my own eyes. Why? Because he wasn't afraid or ashamed to worship God. You know, you're here today, maybe you're worshiping God and people mocking you. Let me tell you, we have to have a little bit of David in us. Man, I I don't know if you're going to worship God, but I know I'm going to worship God. And you begin to have that radical worship inside of you. You know, because you and I were designed to be worshipers. God created you and I to worship. The thing is, we're worshiping something. If you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something. You're worshiping yourself. Oh, yeah, I'm, of course, I'm not worshiping the devil. I'm not saying about the a devil. You're worshiping yourself. And if you're worshiping yourself, eventually that's, that could lead to the enemy. But we're called to worship God, to lift God up. See, the re- reality is that when we live this life and we, we go to heaven, we're going to worship God for the rest of our life. On this earth is the practice. You get to practice worshiping God on Sunday. Well, I hope you worship God every day, but Sunday is like, you know, the game day. And some of us, we need to show up in person, not just to hear the word, but to hear the worship of God, just beginning to worship God. You know, when you're worshiping God, you cannot be worrying. You know, when you worship God, you're not, you're not thinking about yourself. That's why worship, you know, we just start to worship Him and focus on Him. And so you get this song, let's forget about ourselves. And concentrate on him and worship him. Got the rest of the words? Let's forget about ourselves and concentrate on him and worship him. Go look it up later on. Yeah. See, but when you're worshiping God, you're not thinking about anything else. Because you're putting him first in your life. You see, David put on the linen ephod. The ephod was only for the priest to put on. But he said at that moment, he was so excited for God. He, he took off his kingship and he said, I'm going to be a, a priest and I'm going to dance before the Lord. Amen. The priest always stood between God and the people. But when you come into the New Testament, you understand this, that through Jesus, we are made worthy to carry his presence. Amen. First Peter 2 verse 4 and 5 says, As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also like living stones. You're not a dead stone. Living stones are built, being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, the, the truth is that in Christ, we become priests. The presence of God is no longer in an ark. The presence of God lives inside you and me. We carry the presence of God wherever we go. Let me tell you what, you got the presence of God. In the Old Testament, it came outside, came on them. While we live in the New Testament, in the New Testament, Jesus, the Spirit of God, the presence of God, comes on the inside of us. That's why it says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You got the presence of God. Let me tell you, don't take it for granted. Don't get uh, just so familiar with it and just say, and you become indifferent to the spirit of God inside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling in you if you're born again today. Let me tell you, there's some power inside of you. Sometimes we're looking on the outside for the power. The power is on the inside. Hebrews 4 says this, Therefore, Since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as you are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, we don't have a high priest that doesn't empathize or identify with our weaknesses, our pain, our suffering. Jesus is not just up in the heavens. No, he comes to us. He lives inside of us. And let me tell you what. We can come to the throne of grace wherever you are today. You can come through the throne of grace, through through Christ, through the blood of Jesus, and you can ask for help in time of need. God will help you. God will, will empower you. God will fill you up. Why? Because you're coming with a humble heart and you realize that you need God today. How many of you know that you need God today? If you're here, you're new today, let me tell you what. You have to first of all come to the realization you need a Savior. You cannot save yourself. Some of you are trying to do all this stuff, trying to do stuff to please God and everything. You know, it's it's still come up zero. You're not good enough. The only way you can come is through the grace of God. When you receive God's unmerited favor and grace, not because of what you have done, but because what He has done in our lives. When you receive that, the grace... Then you look at life different. You want to walk different. You want to talk different. Why? Because you've experienced the presence of God. I have two stories I want to close with my message. and uh, The first one is Dolly TC. She's been with us like our church for, like, from like, the beginning time. In 1997, she went through a very difficult time. We have a video clip. I want to show this video clip. Because on our, on our 28th birthday as a church, There's so much miracles, so much miracles in our church. I want to share with you two of them to inspire your faith. Take a look at this clip. In Dolores T.C., affectionately known as Dolly, started a brand new relationship with Jesus. Tragically later that year, she was diagnosed with aplastic anemia. Aplastic anemia is a rare disease in which the bone marrow and the stem cells are damaged. This causes a deficiency of all three blood cells, red, white, and platelets. Basically, it is the inability of the stem cells to generate mature blood cells. All the branches out Island, and um, all the branches here in Oahu, uh, we did a bone marrow um, drive and also at Blaisdell. She was featured in the local news, at banks, and around the world via internet. However, after many months of searching, they were unable to find her a perfect bone marrow match. Almost every day, as I picked up Dolly, she would say, "I don't want to die," and I would tell her, "Dolly, there is a great God, and His stripes can heal you." It was very um, frustrating, but as I kept picking her up every day, taking her to Grace School, and then the Grace School laying hands on her, praying for her, praying for the miracle consistently. It was very um, powerful, uh, knowing that. Um, Everybody's there praying for me. It gave me the courage to fight and to know that God is there to help me. Through her growing faith in Jesus and the love and persistence of her grace group, Dolly's prayers changed from Lord, give me a perfect bone marrow match to Lord, heal me because she believed that by the stripes of Jesus, she could be healed. Unbeknownst to the doctor, the bone took its course. The bone marrow took its course. It regenerated itself. And that we knew was God. When when she didn't need the transfusion, she didn't need anything. Because I was in the medical field at that time. She came with no faith. Or today she's living the life of faith. That being with Dolly throughout all of this, we saw God come not only through Dolly, but through her entire family saved through this one moment. Well, I'm just... Every day when I wake up, I thank God, you know, for this second chance that I have. Now that I went through what I went through, um, nothing, there's nothing that I wouldn't be able to handle because um, I know that, you know, God is, um, God is so loving, yeah. Isn't that a powerful testimony? In, in fact, I think Dolly is here. Dolly, can you stand, Dolly? Just stand and wave everybody. This is Dolly. Thank you. Uh, she, she's a walking miracle. I, again, that was like in the early days of, the, of our church when we started and, and, and the beautiful thing, you know, about Dolly, I was doing a Saturday night service. They usually go to the Saturday night service and, and I, we were talking about the presence of God. We had an altar call. People responded and she came up. and She told me, Pastor Coast, that's what happened. The presence of God. It wasn't just something on the outside. It came on the inside. And it healed her. She's a walking miracle. And you know. Then it didn't just stop there. Her entire family. You know. You Filipino. You get cousins. You know. They all start coming to God. And coming to, to church. And, and today they're walking with God. You see. When, you, when there's a miracle that happens. Let me tell you what. God is like ringing the bell to the rest of our family. It's dinner time. Let's all come on in. Yeah, that's what God does. I have a second story. Um, this is uh, Pastor Tim Ma. You guys remember him? He, he was here for a while. Tim, um, his mom Cindy in 2001, while he was in mainland for college, uh, his mom was not yet a Christian, started crying on the phone. And she told him that she had cancer. And uh, what Tim, Pastor Tim, back then, he was just Tim. He prayed with her. But more importantly, he told her that she needs to get to know God and his presence. I told her to go and read my old Bible. It's good to have old Bibles at home sometimes. That was still in my bedroom. And also to start attending our church to experience his presence. After a month of reading the word, every day getting in his presence through prayer and corporate prayer when she went back to the doctor They could not find any cancer. The beautiful part of the story is that she did not just use God for her healing. She is a woman that reads and trusts God's word and and still follow God today. And and she's a prayer warrior, intercessory prayer warrior. Every Saturday, she just there with God. Let me tell you what. When you see this woman, you guys all know Pastor Tim. I call him the Chinese connection. You know, he got this real excitement about him. Well, when the mom got healed, let me tell you, what, there was some fire coming out of the mom. And she was healed. And what God did for Dolly, and what God did for, um, you know, uh, Cindy Ma, what God did for Elvin, God can do for you. Worship team, can you come? Let's all stand, please, before God. bow your heads before the Lord let the Lord just seal this moment in our lives thank you Lord I praise you Jesus today God I thank you that these miracle stories never get old it never never gets old you are the way maker God